0: It's time for JT the Brick. Did I miss anything? If these guys on this team aren't as pissed off as I am by the coverage of the national media, the amount of disrespect I see this team getting, these guys should be angry and pissed off at the way they're being treated and looked at. Most people don't think that the Raiders are going to compete and do anything. They all think we suck. Always negative on the Raiders nationally. As the pundits are saying, we're a four-win team. We're a five-win team. But I am specifically Calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. JT the Brick. It's Raider bias. It's the whole reason I'm on the radio is to just try to control the narrative a little bit better. Now I got your attention. On good days we need to be great. Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. On good days we need to be great around here. Do we all agree? And now the Pied Piper of Raider Nation Radio. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT on a victory Monday. On the home of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And on the Raiders mobile app, how does it feel, Raider Nation? I love that open that Bobby put together. I've been preaching all summer long on the flagship station. The highest level of disrespect for this franchise that I've seen in a long time, maybe ever. Because they're a Vegas team now, and no one believes they can win a lot of games, and now the Raiders stand atop the AFC West 1-0 and undefeated as they beat their rivals, the Denver Broncos. As I told you they would, I'm not in the prediction business, they won this game, and they did it with a lot of grit and moxie and the ability to close out Arrival on the road in front of a hostile environment. Today is a Raiders celebration and Raider Nation Unite. Take advantage of the format here. I'm here for you. Raiders got a lot to clean up. We just taped Raiders press conference live, which will air every Monday at one o'clock in the middle of this show on Fox 5 in Vegas. I just hosted it with Eric Allen, the Coach's Press Conference, and everybody's in a great mood. As we're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Many of the taverns here in town were packed with Raider fans who were looking for a great time, great food, great service, and just great to go. I'm fired up today! I've been telling you this team's been disrespected. I've been telling you I'm standing at the gates like Game of Thrones. I'm telling you this team is better than six and a half wins. I'm telling you this team has guts. There's not drama. There's not even drama with the Chandler Jones situation. I'm in the building right now. Now, what's unique about this is the Raiders are leaving today to go to West Virginia to train for the entire week. Now, that to me is a very sharp move. Now, if they would have lost a game, and they could have lost a game, they were trailing. They could have lost that game if they lost a game and then they had to go to West Virginia for a week. We're not talking about two or three days there. What would Raider Nation be thinking? What would this show sound like if the Raiders did not come back and win that game? It'd be vastly different. And as I suggested to you, whenever we have something positive to talk about, we are going to take advantage of it. We are going to pound the positivity into the microphones and be excited about this. I think a lot of Raider fans came together yesterday and they saw a bunch of things happen. They saw the birth of Jimmy G in the silver and black. Man, did he play well. Did you see him run? Did you see the hits he took? He had to go into the tent. He came out the late hit at the end of the game. He got up and he iced the game running. Iced the game running for a first down. Made good decisions. It was a turnover in the red zone on a tip ball. He got Jacoby Myers going. Just found out from the coach. You'll hear it in his press conference. Jacoby Myers, no update. He's in protocol. He took a big hit late in the game. Held on to the ball. Didn't turn the ball over. Late hit with a 15-yard flag. Extended the play for the Raiders. So everything came together for this victory. The defense gave up three points. In the second half, which is remarkable, it was a tale of two halves, just excited that they won the game. So as I open up the monologue, I'd like to begin by saying today is a day of remembrance for me. 9-11, I'm a New Yorker, I'm still a New Yorker, and on that tragic day, I lost a fraternity brother of mine, James Joseph Kelly Kells, who was in my fraternity in college a few years older than me, from my hometown of Massapequa, Long Island. He was a top canner Fitzgerald when the planes went in underneath him. He had four daughters at the time under the age of five. I repeat, four daughters, including a set of twins under the age of five, and he lost his life that day. He's on the phone, he said goodbye to his wife. I can't imagine what that day must have been like for that family and all the families that were affected and lost their lives in lower Manhattan. So today is always a day of reflection for me. Looking back on not only losing someone very tight to me, but all the other people that I know from New York, the firemen, the police officers who are still affected by today. every The country was obviously affected on 9-11, but the people of New York, the people where I grew up, were affected more. They were affected much more for all the loss of life there. And it affected the NFL. I was traveling with the Raiders at the time. We ended up going to Miami. That was an interesting year. The Raiders were very good at the time. And it changed my life because I watched the way the NFL paused, started again. I have memories of what the rest of that season was like. And I was living in Sherman Oaks, California, with my wife and my son, who's now 22 years old, was four months old in a bassinet uh, next to our bed when my mother-in-law called me in the morning and said, turn on the TV, and we did, and we watched it all play out. Every day I think of the people— that were affected in tragedies when I can Especially on remembrance days Days that we are supposed to remember Today's that day So please think of the people that lost their lives uh, Never forget I don't you know, talk a lot about Reflection on this show much But that had a big impact in my life And especially today So I want to open up the show in remembrance of 9-11 And we're talking We're going to have fun talking about a victory But there's much bigger things in football on this day today As we have Mark Anderson, who will join us later in the show, we're going to have Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. He's going to join us every Monday at 1 o'clock. That's a big guest. He's one of the big guys at PFF. He's going to join us every Monday And so he's going to be one of our insiders. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking with him, Raiders. It's a national hit. He's going to go around the league. He'll join us at 1. And then the rest is your phone calls, especially if you went to the game in Denver. If you went to the game, I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. So back to the game, what I liked about the game. I liked the adjustments that Patrick Graham made at the half because he did, and he deserves to get some respect for that. The decisions that were made at halftime changed the outcome of the game because they only gave up three points. They didn't give up a score. It was a tale of two halves. The second half defense helped win that game. Jimmy Garoppolo and Daniel Carlson and Jacoby Myers and Colt Miller, everybody played a role in this victory. But you got to give a shout-out to the defense because the defense in the second half knew that they had to get off the field and they were able to do that. And they were able to do it. And the team exercised some demons from last year. We know that the Raiders can beat Denver. They're better than Denver. It's shocking to me that members of the media didn't know that. It's lazy, it's tired, it's bogus radio. Every time you turn on a national show and they got Denver over the Raiders, why? The host doesn't have to answer those questions. He doesn't take phone calls, most of them. They don't take phone calls. They don't have to be challenged by fans so they can just say, hey, I'm going to throw a dart. I like Denver. I like their colors. I like Sean Payton. I like Russell Wilson. So we'll just pick them over the Raiders. Excuse me. Do you know the Raiders have Tyree Wilson, seventh pick overall? Do you know that they brought in Marcus Epps? No, they don't. They don't even know who Marcus Epps is. Do you know that Jacorian Bennett? Played as a rookie? No, they don't even know the names of those players. They just like to pick color schemes and the teams that they like, and most importantly, the team they don't like, the Las Vegas Raiders. So again, everybody was tweeting it out yesterday, all the national media, all those pregame shows where they tell you who's going to win. It's all Denver. Barely any Raider nation love, and the Raiders now beat Denver, and they and own Denver. The Las Vegas Raiders now are 7-0 against the Denver Broncos. We, the season ticket holders and the fans of this team, fired two coaches, and Sean Payton started off his career in Denver 0-1. Put some respect on Mark Davis. Put some respect on Josh McDaniels. Put some respect on Dave Ziegler. Show him some love on the flagship station. They did what they had to do. Now, was it ugly? Yeah, I told you it was going to be a heart attack game. I used that term lightly, but look— All these games. I said it was going to be a one-point game. I can't believe I nailed it. I said whoever had the ball last was going to win. I nailed it. I don't gamble. If I did, I would have bet the Raiders on the money line in that game. I wouldn't bet the Raiders on the money line in Buffalo. But the theme of the week is that the Raiders are playing with house money. You'll hear this term the entire week on all the different platforms I host for the Raiders. This is now a free roll, Las Vegas. This is an absolute free roll. You already got the money. You're already pounding the tables. You're already up big. You can go to your room and count your money, or you can go right back and double down and win more money. What are you going to do? I think it's a free roll for the Raiders, and the Raiders should come in big. And here's what they need to do. Normally, I preview the game starting Wednesday or Thursday. I'm going now. I'm going now. Here's how you beat Buffalo Buffalo's playing tonight on New York City. It's going to be. Deeply emotional. And those frauds, the New York Giants, did you see that game? That was the worst loss in Giants' regular season history. Not even close. I'm I'm not exaggerating. The worst loss. The Giants have won four Super Bowls and four NFL titles. Okay, that's eight championships. It's the worst game they ever played when it comes to sacks, yards, all of that. They're playing in the same building. They're playing in the same building. The Jets rent from the Giants. They're going to come in there. Aaron Rodgers is the real deal. And the Jets are really good defensively. So even if Buffalo wins the game, Buffalo's going to get beat up. They're going to have a short trip to get back home, and the Raiders already beat them there. The Raiders will be on the ground in West Virginia, in their beds, having a late meal before Buffalo even lands in Buffalo. And the Raiders are going to have a chance to jump on the Buffalo Bills. So this is a game that you could look at two ways all week. And it's a hard game for me to break down. Because in theory, I want him to run the ball. Josh was okay. Uh, Josh, I don't think the offensive line did a great job in the running game. I think they did a really good job in the passing game. They did pass protection. But this could be a Josh Jacobs game, taking the air out of the ball in Buffalo. Or, what I always say, embrace the shootout. Buffalo Bills don't have Devontae Adams. Buffalo Bills don't have Josh Jacobs. Buffalo's got some good players Josh Allen's great, but the Raiders now have a free roll to go in there. And if the Raiders win this game in Buffalo, which I hope they do, and I'm hoping more than anything they do, I never thought they'd win this game. The two toughest games on the road all year without question at Kansas City where the Raiders usually sometimes are in a good game are at Buffalo. But they're going to get a break. Buffalo's on a short week. The weather should be good. If anything, a little rain from the hurricane, but it's summer weather, T-shirt weather in Buffalo. And they're not playing in a snowstorm at the end of November or December. Another big break for the Raiders. And Eric Allen made a really good point on Raiders Press Conference Live that we just finished. Really good point. Eric Allen is so good. He said that what Buffalo's going to do tonight is show the Raiders everything. You know in the preseason where you don't want to show anybody? You know, there's no trickeration. You don't show a lot because you're going to face a team and you don't want to have anything on film. Buffalo is going to put everything out there tonight for Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham to break down. They're not holding anything back. 9-11, primetime, Monday night football, they're going to come in with everything they got at the highest level, and the Raiders will be able to scheme it and game plan it because this will be the game plan where they show everything. I thought that was really sharp for me to say there. So I don't know where I want to go today. If I want to go with a review of Denver, which I think we should, Look ahead to Buffalo, but I think uh, Raider fans should be really happy about this. I was with the Black Hole for a little bit yesterday with other fans there. I came home to my wife and my one son, and they gave me a hug as we walked in. They were just happy that the Raiders won. We don't want any chaos. We want this team to go out and win football games. That's it. I don't care how they win. I don't care. They had 10 penalties in the game. They turned it over. They tried to block a punt. They had a lot of flags in that game because they were playing faster and more explosive. But remember, they have to play smarter. A big word from Dave and Josh. They want faster, smarter, and more explosive players. We saw the explosiveness. We saw the speed. We saw that. But there were a couple of penalties they need to clean up. I don't want to see the Raiders get eight or ten penalties a game because that'll come back to haunt them. But I love the fact that Sean Payton lost and Russell Wilson lost and Denver Today, as we look at our watch in Denver, they're an hour ahead of us. Those fans are so pissed off that they lost again to the Raiders. They can't even fathom that they lost to the Raiders again. They can't believe they lost to the Raiders. Why is it a shock to everybody? Why do the guys from Fox, NFL Network, why are they so shocked that Denver loses games? I don't get it. I've been preaching it all summer. So, I don't need any DAP or a juice box or anything like that. Just buy me a Modelo the next time you see me. But the Raiders need more respect. And the only way they're going to garner that respect is build the momentum in West Virginia this week. Really good week of preparation. When you're playing it, when you leave your wife and kids and, and you're leaving for a week to go play football, you're not going to be in Vegas to golf, to hang out, free time, go take your wife or girlfriend out to dinner. You're in West Virginia at a really nice place, by the way. The focus should be sky high. Jacoby Myers is in protocol. Hopefully he gets out of it. He took a big hit. Uh, Chandler Jones, the coach didn't touch on that at all. We know what's happened with Chandler Jones. It's still a private matter. But I think what we should be talking about today is, as Ed Graney wrote in the Review Journal, in crunch time, Garoppolo produces drive and leadership. And you better, I better tell you this right to your face. I'll say it to your face. I always say to people's face if they want to talk to me. You better put some respect on Jimmy G. All you Raider fans who talk about him getting hurt. Oh, he went to the tent. He came right back. All the Raider fans. I'm not talking about NFL fans. I'm talking about you. The Raider Nation, you know who you are and you are disrespecting Jimmy G. Show the respect that he played well. I don't know if he'll play well in Buffalo. I don't know how many games he's going to win. But Jimmy Garoppolo quieted every doubter in that one game. He ran as hard as any Raider quarterback. Not any Raider quarterback. He ran as hard as any Raider quarterback since Rich Gannon. That's the way Rich Gannon ran when he had to close out games. Jimmy Garoppolo did this. Jimmy stayed in the pocket and took some monster hits. And Jimmy did and led his team to a victory. Give Jimmy G some credit today as we open up the show. That's the monologue brought to you by Resorts World, typically on Monday night. I'm working Monday night on Mad Dog Sports Radio, but that's still our official home for Monday night football, Doghouse Saloon. If you're looking for a new spot, a local spot at a gorgeous resort, great drink specials and prizes, head on out to Doghouse Saloon right there inside Resorts World. Let's start off with Chris in West Oakland who joined me on the post-game show also last night. What's happening, Chris? Hey,
1: J.T., and yeah, and I completely forgot about your night show. I wanted to check in there. By the time I remembered that, it was too late. And listen, you're right about Jimmy G yesterday. Look, I don't think he played great, but he played well enough and he got them down the field to score, and and that final drive with six minutes to go to run the clock out, that was old-school Raider football. We had Shell and Upshaw, and we could let guys know. There was nothing spectacular. There was no huge plays. There was just enough. Needed six yards for a first down, they got seven. There was no penalties, no holding, no false starts. They did what these guys call. What's the word you hear the most, J.T., out of coaches and players? Execute. Down the stretch, they executed the game plan. I'm not going to talk about Buffalo yet. I'm going to enjoy this win a little bit. The Raiders are going to have to be better because I don't believe 17 points is going to get it done in Buffalo. We'll talk about that down the road. But what was impressive about yesterday, I talked about my keys to victory on Friday. They did none of that, JT. They lost the turnover battle. Got 10 penalties. Really didn't have any explosive plays on offense. But they still found a way to win, which is what's impressive, because this team time and time again has found ways to lose games they should win. They got a big assist from the Broncos. You know, the opening, I thought it was pretty arrogant and ballsy and a lack of respect that Sean Payton thought he could try an onside kick on the very first play and give the Raiders the ball at the 45-yard line. And I'll give Patrick Graham credit. We talk about adjustments. I think what I was impressed the most about in the second half, JT, was the tackling. Tackling's much better, but they need to clean things up because in the first half, it was up and down the field. I think the biggest adjustment and a huge assist, again, the arrogance of these coaches sticking to their game plan. How Sean Payton didn't come out and have Russell Wilson throw the ball 30 times in the second half instead of only 12 after going 17 for 19 in the first half, I want to send a thank you to them because Josh McDaniels outcoached Sean Payton. Sean Payton thought he was smarter than everybody else yesterday and wanted to stick with his plan rather than what was chewing the Raiders up in the first half, and I'm glad for it. So at the end of the day... I don't know if this team, I'm ready to say this team's going to win nine or ten games, JT. I did have the one-point victory. I said 24-23. We'll see. But at the end of the day, as the great George Atkinson used to always say, it's a win, baby. And at the end of the year, they don't say how. They say how many. We've seen a lot of ugly losses over the years when they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It was nice to win a game finally. Well, we probably should have walked out of Denver with a win. And I'll give McDaniels for credit. They didn't quit. They persevered and they looked like a well-coached, well-oiled machine down the stretch and played perfect offensive football almost the entire fourth quarter. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later this week.
0: Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Good to check in. Chris makes a great, great point, unbelievable point, that we should send a thank-you card, a thank-you card, to Sean Payton because Sean Payton shouldn't stop throwing the ball. I repeat, If Russell Wilson passed on every down, I agree with Chris, Denver wins the game. Every time they ran the ball, they were doing the Raiders a favor. I'm amazed by that. The Raiders still struggle in the passing game. Russell Wilson on not broken plays, but plays where he kept the pocket alive, beat both of the Raiders' safeties in the back of the end zone because they couldn't cover long enough. Not the end of the world. Trayvon Merrig and Marcus Epps both got beat in the back of the end zone where Russell Wilson threw darts as he was running. If he does that more and more, I think Denver wins the game. And every once in a while, Sean Payton's handing the ball up the middle. Why? Why are you giving the Raiders a break? Go four wide and just stretch the field. I think they could have won the game that way. But the Raiders made adjustments. I thought Tillery... Made a massive sack with the game on the line. Max Crosby got an incredible grade from PFF. He did a nice job. So when you look at the way they played, an awesome hard hit by Spillane. Spillane's not perfect, but I think when he does hit someone, he's going to hit them hard. And then Divine Diablo. We saw the growth of Divine Diablo. No doubt about it. We saw that. We saw the growth of Divine Diablo. Who actually looked like a professional linebacker? They didn't throw at Marcus Peters, and look, they were going after Jacorian Bennett. They were, they were attacking him. He had a pass interference that I thought was a terrible flag. Oh, let me get that into the monologue. Also, there was a point in the game where I thought the officiating was awful, and it was going against the Raiders badly. And it was one of those games the Raiders are losing; they're not getting any calls. There was some makeup calls that went the Raiders' way. The 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 officials. Stop calling it all for the Broncos and the Raiders got some good calls. Some good calls. Both teams had ten penalties. Imagine if the Raiders had ten penalties and Denver had three. No chance the Raiders win that game. No chance. And the Raiders found a way to win. They were resilient. They were tough. They were more physical. And I'm just so thrilled, so thrilled that I'm sitting here today and I'm not talking about the team blowing the game late. Blowing the game, giving it back to Russell Wilson. They kick a game-winning field goal. And how about this? I mean, the Denver kicker lost a game. I mean, he missed an extra point in a field goal. You want to call it what it is. If you want to call it is, what it is, that's what happened there. All right, let me get the stoner dude. I want to get the stoner dude. He is a legendary caller on this show. And stoner dude, you're 1-0. You got to feel good with Buffalo on the horizon.
2: Well, you know, you talked about the Denver fans being upset, and mad. You know, they should be. They didn't just lose to the Raiders, JT. They lost to us on their home opener in a sold-out stadium full of orange jerseys. I mean, that was as good as it gets. And look, now all of a sudden we're first place in the division. Kansas City, San Diego, and Denver lost. I'll take that on any day of the week. You know, you talk about the, the kicking game, JT. Yeah, I think about that extra point. I think about the field goal the whole game. You know, but kind of uh, piggyback a little bit on what Chris from West Oakland talked about. And it's, to me, it was the main part of the game that I think stood out the most and the most I'll remember about this game. Five minutes and eight seconds, JT. How many times have the Raiders lost, if there was eight seconds on the clock, much less five minutes and eight seconds? Mm-hmm. The way they were able to hold on to it, keep the ball. Jimmy G, I'm, I'm one of his, uh, his critics out there like everybody else, but he made, when he made that run, he got that first down. I felt pretty good about that. And of course, the big hit on Jacoby Myers obviously stopped the clock and got the penalty, too. So, yeah, we got a little help with it. Denver helped us a little bit. But
0: today, I celebrate. Later, JT. Take care, Stoner, dude. I, I want to make this point clear again about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I don't care who you root for or you don't root for. I'm just giving you my perspective on this. How dare anyone not be a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo? What did he do wrong? He gets injured? He doesn't get injured on purpose. He's in immaculate shape. If someone lands on his ankle and breaks his ankle or breaks a bone in his foot, you think he prepared for that? It's not because he didn't work out and he's out of shape and he broke his ankle. All Jimmy G does is win. He's now 41-17 and with four playoff victories. Well, he also played for a really good Niner team with a dominant defense, and he played for the Patriots as the Patriots are winning a lot. I'm surprised that everybody isn't on board with Jimmy. Now, if Jimmy has a game where he throws three picks and the Raiders lose, then you can call in and blame Jimmy G. But it's shocking to me that everybody's not on board with what a great leader he is, how well liked he is, not only in our building, the building I'm in today, but the other buildings. Anybody, you interview anybody, Kyle Shanahan, Sean Payton, go around the league. What do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, what a great guy! What a great guy. We love Jimmy. What a great teammate. You hear Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, who both played for Derek Carr. Nothing against Derek who won. Derek Carr won his first game by one point. They all talk about this guy's a dog, Jimmy G, in a good way. He's my guy. They all love the guy. So you would think the fans of the fan base of the team would like the guy. Root for him. I saw a level of pessimism in the offseason where Raider fans want to win every game, but there were some Raider fans that were so doom and gloom Uh, If we start off 0-2, man, hey, if we start off slow, I want the coach gone and all of that. They're 1-0. A top of first place, and they beat a division rival on the road. That's a big topic to talk about. Uh, Mike in L.A. Mike, thanks for holding. Thanks for calling
3: in, Mikey, my good buddy. How are you? JT, what's up, buddy? How are you? It's been a while since I called. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Real quick, on Chandler Jones, good luck with him, man. Radio fans, let's get support this guy. I've given him the due respect, and I appreciate what the team is doing. Mm-hmm. I had a fan call in last week. I to Barrett Robbins in the Super Bowl. No worry, not the same thing. Completely different. Moving on from there, I just wanted to say, I know I texted you last week, and I told you. The surprise of this whole season, this team, it's my gut telling me it's going to be Jimmy G, and I was so far on, on the money with that. He played mm-hmm. so well yesterday. Poised. He was so calm. So cool, even, even uh, Devontae touched on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he just got like, that, third, that third down, get that first down. That was something that was awesome. Just, you know, kept the drive alive. On those penalties, five of those penalties were on the defense, and it was on third down, and he gave them an extra set of downs, yep. which is a killer. And I did text you, and I told you, it's probably one of the worst officiating NCAAs I've seen in a long time. But thank God they kind of got it right towards the end. Kind of went all way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, phone flies our way. So, um, all right, Mikey. Very...
0: Well, I'll see you for the Pittsburgh game. You're coming to some home games, next, right? right? Yep, I'll see you next week, buddy. You Thanks got for it. it. Me. There you go, Raider Mikey in LA. Another good. There's Raider Mike. There's Raider Mikey. There's Raider Rob. There's Chris. Kristen... There's a lot of guys with Raider names. Raider Man, who I'm sure is going to call in or will. We've got a lot of Raider fans that like to call into this show because they've been calling me for now going on 25 years. Yesterday was 25 years for me to start of the Raider broadcast. Lincoln Kennedy was out. He was ill. Hopefully he's going to be fine. Matt Millen stepped in, and Matt did an unbelievable job on the broadcast with Jason Horowitz. I was with Eric Allen on the pregame. I did the postgame last night, and it was a lot of fun. Mondays are interesting for me. So I'm in here early. We do Raiders press conference live around 11, 1130 in the morning. I go right into this show, and then I get a two-hour break, and it's Mad Dog Sports Radio on XM from 4 to 7. So Sunday, Monday is my grind It's a real grind, but I'm talking sports. The toy department of radio. The most fun you can have in all of radio. is not politics. It's not playing music. It's talking sports. And the days I get to talk about a victory, are you kidding me? Light up a victory cigar at La Casa, our newest partner here on Raider Nation Radio, where I'll be this week, and I can't wait to tell you about it. All the information on La Casa Cigars, their great shop is right there at Tivoli Village. The room is amazing, their selection is off the chart. All the whiskeys that they have and fine scotches, find me at La Casa Cigars in Tivoli Village.
1: to Wilson. He's got time to throw. Looks in the pocket. Now steps up. Pressure from behind. Yes. Tillery's got him all yes. the waist from behind at the 42. He would not give up. Pocket held and Wilson finally got out of there. It's a loss of five and a third down stop for the Raiders.
0: Massive play by Tillery. JT back with you. Uh, brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Throw one back for Charles after a victory. So turn this up. What a weekend. I went and saw Carlos Santana Thanks to their lead singer, Andy Vargas, who brought me into the show. So my wife and I were going to Ed Sheeran, and there was a stage issue. It wasn't on the Raiders. It was not the fault of Allegiant. They had an issue with the stage weight. Whatever happened, Johnny Katz put it out. We're going to have Johnny Katz talk about it this week. So I was at the Mandalay Bay. And I was at the Mandalay Bay and my wife was up at the house and she was going to Uber down with a girlfriend and meet my buddy and I, my buddy Chris, who's in town, diehard Raider fan, went to London with him, really good friend of mine. So he had tickets to Ed Sheeran. I said on Friday, I was going to give it a shot, go see him. He's one of the biggest artists in the world, second biggest tour behind Taylor Swift. So we're pre-gaming at the Mandalay Bay, having a couple of Modellos. And all of a sudden I get the text from a couple of people, the concert's canceled. I said, wow. You know, I was about to go over the bridge, walk the Hacienda Bridge at 103 degrees. So I said, well, that's decent time. And my wife says, I'm not going to come down from Summerlin. So I said to myself, I'll get home. I'll be home in a little bit, you know, a couple hours, whatever it is. Couldn't get out of Mandalay Bay. The cab stand, no exaggeration, no exaggeration. There were 300 people at the cab stand. And then I hit my Uber and Uber was surging and there were no cars. So I looked at my buddy Chris and I said, let's just stay here. Let's just have a couple of beverages. It's a weekend night. I'm off. And all of a sudden, he makes a text to Carlos Santana's lead singer, Andy Vargas, who comes right up to me and Chris at the bar. He's a member of the Black Hole. Diehard Raider fan. Guys want to go to the show? Excuse me? You want to go? I go, absolutely do I want to go. Rolls us right in, right down to the stage. And then I saw God again. Carlos is God. Now, you want to talk about Raider karma, follow me on this. So I don't go to Ed Sheeran. I go to Carlos. Carlos is a diehard Raider fan. In the crowd, I bumped into about 20 Raider fans, no exaggeration, with jerseys on, hats on, Raider Nation and Carlos. Carlos rips the roof off of the House of Blues. I mean, I've seen Carlos 15 times. And Carlos was great. And I left and I got home to my wife. She said, interesting night for you. I go, yeah, (laughs) I'm home a little bit later than I expected, but was able to go see Carlos Santana. Thanks to Andy and the entire band. They are not good. They are great. The singers, Andy's one of the two singers in the band, been with the band for 20 years. He's just electric, great voice. Carlos was incredible, his wife on the drums. And I think that was good Raider karma for me. Good Raider karma was not going to Ed Sheeran and going to Carlos Santana. It put me right in the Raider zone, got me going, and I will go see Carlos again. What a great show, man. Brought to you by the Black Hole. Uh, Go to theblackhole.com and become a member. Especially become a member before this first home game against the Steelers coming up here in a little bit. I'll get to the highlights in a little bit. Let's keep the phones rocking on a victory Monday. Greg's in Sacramento on the flagship. Go ahead, Greg.
4: Hey, JT, thank you, and thank God you went to uh, Carlos Santana. That, yes. that gave us the synergy we needed. Um, I just wanted to get, you know, 1-0. We're trying to go 1-0 every week, and I just want to look at the good things. I know a lot of people are calling with other stuff, but the offensive line play, I know a lot of people say, okay, the running. You know, Josh Jacobs admitted himself. He was rusty, right? He hadn't played. But the pass blocking, zero sacks allowed for Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. If we could keep Jimmy G clean like that, it, the, the opportunity is there, right? We already know we, could, we can run block, and they're going to clean that up. But we had the leading, uh, the lead, leading rusher last year. So, mm-hmm. run blocking wasn't the problem. Pass blocking, holding the zero sacks, I think that was huge. Secondly, the defense in the second half, which you kind of hit on. Yeah, some people look, oh, what they did in the first half. The second half, only three points allowed. Diablo on Hobbs. I went back and watched the game. I mean, tackling machine. That moving Hobbs back to the slot is going to be huge for us this year. Jacorian, you know, uh, baptism by fire. I think that was huge for him. One of those calls, like you mentioned earlier, that was a bad call, right? Feet tripped up. That was, that was a pretty bad call. But learn by fire. This guy's going to get better every week. And, and thirdly, and you hit on it, the huge thing that I want to bring up, how can you hate on Jimmy G? Okay? I call, him G, I call him JG Wentworth, and the J is for Jimmy, and the money is winning. This guy's 41 and 17. Okay, don't listen to the, the, the Raider fans out there. Don't listen to the main media. Listen to what the players say about him. Listen to what his coaches say about him that played with him. Okay, and now he done came out and won. Ran it for the first down, and just as huge as that run, and I just, just to throw this little caveat in there with Josh Jacobs, was a huge block pickup by Josh Jacobs. A huge block. Just him. He might have not ran well, but yep. that block sent Jimmy off to pick up that first down. And I'm super excited. We went 1-0. Now let's let's put compartmentalize, put this away, and let's try to go 1-0 and, uh, one more week in a row. I Thank you for you. the
0: call. Appreciate you. And you're right about that. I saw the Josh Jacobs block. We put it on the TV show today, and everybody's talking about the blitz pickup there and what he was able to do. That's what Josh Jacobs you – know, Josh Jacobs didn't have a great game, but the pickup of the block that sealed the game was a great play. He had a couple of big runs, and he's just going to get better. He's going to get better and better. And he's so happy to be here and to be a Raider and so locked in. He's locked in and he's healthy. You didn't see a lot of Zamir White. I don't know when you're going to see Zamir White. Uh, A couple of Raider fans were tweeting and texting me what happened to Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro wasn't a part of the game plan uh, compared to what he will be in other games. I think in this situation, this game was about Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, that was his 61st football game and the first time he had... Double digit touchdowns or two touchdowns, excuse me, multiple touchdowns. First time. I was shocked by that stat. I could not believe that stat. That is an entire, he's a good receiver in this league. And his entire career, this is the first game where he had multiple touchdowns. And he got hit pretty hard at the end of that game. And it was scary. When he went down initially, the first five seconds of that, that was tough to watch. And he's in the protocol now. And as I said, if Tua gets in the protocol, how about Tua and the way he won that game in Los Angeles against the Chargers? Boy, blunder, and the Chargers again lose. The Chargers going to charge her. The Chargers lose at home to an AFC team, and a rival for them because the Chargers, the reason why they have Justin Herbert is the Dolphins drafted Tua instead of Justin Herbert, and Tua went in and had one of the best games out there. A lot of other games I want to get to. Sam Munson joins us at the top of the hour. But Jacoby Myers is very important. And I don't know if he's going to be able to go this week. We don't know if he's in the protocol. Don't know when he's going to get out of the protocol. If it was someone like Tua in the protocol, he wouldn't play for two weeks. A receiver who doesn't have a big history with getting hits like that, maybe he plays sooner than later. Don't know. So we don't know the status of Jacoby Myers, and we don't know the status of Chandler Jones, as that remains a personal issue. 702-365-9200. Robert is in Portland. Appreciate you calling in, Robert. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, JT, I thought Diablo made some some phenomenal plays, especially late in the second half, fourth quarter, when he tipped that ball away when it was going to be thrown right over the middle by Wilson. I thought that was a key play in the game. I loved his play. I thought Spillane played okay. Mm -hmm. But the guy I really, really liked was Bennett. He played 100% of the snaps along with Peters, both of them. And that tells you everything. I mean, if they both stay healthy, we've almost – I'm not saying we've solved the cornerback position, but it gives us the ability, as long as we've got Cosby up front, putting some pressure on with Diablo and even Coontz mm-hmm. if they have a chance against Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they do have a chance against Buffalo. Thanks for the call. The problem is Buffalo has better receivers than Denver. Buffalo has a better quarterback than Denver. And the key issue this week, remember last week I told you it was about stopping Russell Wilson in the running game, and the Raiders did that in the second half. They contained him. They got him on the ground, and he wasn't able to run the way Jimmy G ran. What I thought was beautiful, at least for me, was the fact that Jimmy G won the game on a third and seven where he picked up a first down, and that's exactly what Russell Wilson has pulled off his entire career. His entire career, Russell Wilson with the game on the line, third and seven, rushes for 10 yards, game over. Game over. He, was, he wasn't good at it. He was elite at it. And he couldn't do it against the Raider defense. Now getting back to Bennett, Jacorian Bennett, he's going to get beat. You know, Lester Hayes got beat. Mike Haynes got beat. Not much, but they're rookie years. So you, we're going to all have to get used to Bennett with a pass interference, getting beat on a touchdown, Whatever's going to happen, that's the growing process of letting a young player play. We can go back to Namdi Asamoa. Namdi came into the league and he played at a high level as a rookie. I remember that with Namdi. Namdi came in and Namdi was never Charles Woodson. Charles was at a higher level than Namdi. But Namdi came in as a young player out of Cal and they played him and they attacked him and then they got to his second year. I forget if it was, I'll look it up, Namdi's second or third year where they just didn't throw at him. Period. They just didn't. And they didn't throw at all. They didn't throw it all at Marcus Peters. And Marcus Peters had a a pass interference, a holding downfield away from a play, where I said, oh, my God, the refs are looking. Oh, the refs are looking. Nowhere near the ball, nowhere near the play. The play wasn't going there. They flagged Peters, and I was like, here we go. We're not going to be able to beat the refs today. I thought the Raiders would win the game. But once the penalty started flying, Masterson trying to block the punt. Are you kidding me? The Raiders get off the field and then... Denver gets a first down on running into the punter. Oh, my God. How are you going to come back and win that? They did. They were able to come back and win. They did everything they're supposed to do, and they haven't completely quieted the critics. But what what they proved yesterday is that they can hold the lead. They can hold the lead and go five minutes and close out a game against a quarterback on the other side who's known for doing that. That's what makes me excited about what's going forward here. That's what I'm most excited. They have something really positive to build on. And they played, I think, a sloppy game with 10 penalties. They did not play well. They did not. They made good plays in the game. But you always hear that term, we can clean it up. They got a lot to clean up, and they're going to have to do it. Raider O in San Diego, California. Go ahead.
2: Hey, JT. It's a great day to be a Raiders fan. 1-0 is really all that matters. Um, I'm so glad the team came through for us. If it was cold enough, I'd bust out the Raiders Star jacket when I pick up my kids today. But, uh, you know, those calls early on, uh, that first PI against Jacorian, I just thought if this is legit, the had to call it against us. I'm tired of us getting calls that negate huge plays, turnovers, and scores. Uh, but I'm glad to see the guys fight back. And, uh, you know, as far as I respect to the yeah, I haven't even heard the Raiders today other than quickly as well as the Broncos.
0: My bud, your phone's breaking up. I got to jump in. Yeah, I, I wanted to hear more of that, but your phone's not good. And we'll get you next time. Call back tomorrow if you can. I think you were talking about the media at the end. My whole offseason, I did two things this offseason. We did the Raiders all-time team. Every position group we did, that was some fantastic summer programming. Bobby gets all the credit for that. The second thing I did all summer long, summertime radio, was I reminded you how much disrespect was being thrown towards the Raiders. And most of it is with Denver. Nowhere near with the Chargers. You don't hear anybody picking the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl or the Chargers automatically beating the Raiders. And I think the Chargers have a better roster than the Raiders. Doesn't mean they're going to win or lose. The Chargers have an excellent roster. But the Chargers have boy Blunder as the head coach, Brandon Staley, and they lose all the time. Chargers going to charge her. And Denver doesn't have anywhere near the roster that the Chargers have, Kansas City or even the Raiders. And people just pick them for no apparent reason. Now maybe they'll stop. But no, next year same thing's going to happen. Off season, July and August, some idiot's going to get behind a microphone and say, "I got the I got Denver to go to the Super Bowl." Why? I don't know. I just I like Denver. I like Sean Payton, I like Russell Wilson. That's not analysis, that's guessing. There are too many people in my field of broadcasting that guess. They don't grind. They have other people grind for them. They have people write their radio shows. They have people giving them notes and saying, read this. Hey, go pick these five games and go 0 for 5. Go pick these games because these are the games that I'm giving you to pick. There are people who don't put in the work. We put in the work. We know the depth of the Raider roster. We're not saying it's a great roster. I tell you all the time, Dave Ziggler's a year away, one year away. He needs one more free agent class, and he needs one more draft on defense, On defense, and then the Raiders, I think, will have one of the best rosters in football. I really mean that. If Jimmy G is back, which he should be, Josh Jacobs decides to stay, Max is here, Devontae, all of that. If they keep this roster and they add three more players via free agency in the draft, I think this is going to be a really good roster. One of the better rosters in all of football. And a roster good enough to win now. 702-365-9200. More on the win and what's ahead of the Raiders as they're traveling to West Virginia for the entire week. That'll give them hopefully an edge, and we'll talk about that. Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus at the top of the hour. JT on a victory Monday from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the Raiders headquarters on Raider Nation
4: Radio.
2: You know, just, you know, I thought some of the penalties we could, you know, we could certainly avoid that, you know, and, you know, didn't, I didn't think we were as productive in a running game as I wish we were, you know, that, you know, we got to get, you know, we're going to have to do better than what we did today in a running game. You know, just there's so many things, you know, had the mistake on the punt rush, you know, turnover in the red zone. You know, defensively, we kind of allowed the quarterback to be too efficient You know, in the first half, lost contained the pass rush. So, uh, there's, like I said, I'm just rattling off six or eight things right now that are on my head, but I'm sure we're going to find another 15 of them on the, on the plane right home.
0: Yeah, that's Josh McDaniels with the corrections they need to make. Uh, what a disaster it would have been if they lost the game with all those penalties and are heading out to Buffalo. Can we all just talk about the elephant in the room that is no longer an elephant in the room? What happens if they lose that game and they lose 16-13, whatever it is, 16-10, if they have a bad game where they're not productive in the running game, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't run the team to the victory, and they lose, and now the team's bolted into West Virginia 0-1, going into the gauntlet of Buffalo. That's why we got to be really super positive about the start to the season. Because I truly believe that this is a team that is playing with house money in this game. Now, that won't be the case down the road. And how bad did Pittsburgh look? Did you see what the 49ers did to Pittsburgh? the, The Giants played the worst game maybe ever in the history of the NFL. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. The Giants' performance was one of the worst in NFL history. Joe Burrow, who likes to show up with white suits and sunglasses on, He's walking around like he owns the league. Well, he does. He's the highest-paid player to ever play. He shouldn't have played week one. He shouldn't have played. He was injured throughout training camp. He shouldn't have played in that game. He did nothing. Chargers lose to Miami. Raiders have to play Miami. Uh, Denver didn't look good. They're in the division. We get Denver again at home, and people thought the Raiders are only going to win six games, taking the under of six and a half. So we, Denver are going to beat again here, and now what about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to come in here, maybe season on the brink, possibly 0-2, because they got a Monday night game before Sunday night here. Wow. We're going to have a highly motivated Mike Tomlin and Steelers team because that team could be in harm's way at that point. And what about the Bills? Diggs feels like, my friends in Buffalo says that Diggs is feeling like he's quitting on the Bills. What's, what's, gonna, what's going on with Josh Allen and, and Diggs, the receiver? It's like a lot of drama going on in Buffalo. Dino in Rochester, man. Sorry I'm not going to be there, Dino, but great to hear from you in my dirt. I owe you one. Go ahead.
5: How you doing, JT? Great to talk to you. Hey, it feels great to win, obviously, and uh, I couldn't be happier with uh, Jimmy's performance. Jimmy made a really poor decision and threw an interception in the end zone, and then I want everyone to really pay attention to what he did after that. The guy came right back and played really good football from that point on. He was solid the whole day other than that one poor decision, but he was uh, accurate. He's got swagger. He's got toughness.
3: This
5: this guy is a really good quarterback. He just needs to stay healthy. And, again, anybody that's on him for that, that's not his fault. You know, and injuries are going to happen but the one guy that I am really was watching yesterday that I think really needed to step his game up from last year, and he did, was Josh McDaniels. Josh didn't have a good year last year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and he coached a well, uh, a good game yesterday, solid on all aspects, and this team is playing hard for him. You know, when you lose the games like they lost last year, that that can just snowball, and I think it did last year, but... That that team is gone. This team, I I love what I told you this before. What Max said about the defense. That that's not what we are anymore. So I think McDaniel's did a heck of a job yesterday, and I've been really tough on him. He's got to mm-hmm. he's got to keep doing it to, to to win me over. But hey, great start. And on to the next
0: one. Great phone call, Dino. I think that's fair. That's what I'm trying to get more of on this broadcast. I'm trying to get more fans who are tough on the coach to give the coach credit and the roster credit and the way they're drafting. Give them credit when they deserve it. And there are going to be games where you're not going to give them credit because they're not going to win. And they're going to lose some games where you're not going to be sitting here lining up to call me like you are today praising the coach. You're just not going to do it, and I'm aware of that. But how about some of these drives late in the game and what was able to happen by Jimmy Garoppolo over a five-minute drive to go and win the game? Not give the ball back and lose the game, but to win the game. Last year, five blown double-digit leads. This is a team that went out and won a game on the road against a division rival. Sam Munson's going to join us. Good guest. Top of the hour. Also, Harry Ruiz next hour as I'm live from the Raiders' headquarters, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center.